Welcome back to the Pre-Game Golf Podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. My name is James Lebeder, and today we are flying solo. Our co-host, Will Doctor, is on the grounds this week at the Spirit Invitational. He's going full Bones Mackay out there as an on-course announcer, and we couldn't be happier for him. We hope he has a great week, and we should have him back next week. We have a great podcast for you. We have head-to-heads, picks-to-place, dark horses, outright winners, draft king lineups, and our best bet of the week. Before we do that, we'll quickly go over the Bermuda Open. Quick recap here. Congrats to Lucas Airbear getting his first PJ Tour victory. Patrick Reed led a late charge with a final round 65 to finish in second place. He did get back on track. Tita Green As we predicted with the crazy weather this week, we had guys throwing up 61s, 76s all over the place. Even though we didn't pick the winner, we were still able to do some damage head-to-head and picks-to-place. Recapping those winners, we had Adam Hadwin over Matthias Schwab, minus 110. We had Taylor Pendrith over Adam Hadwin, plus 100. Patrick Rogers over Stephen Stephen Yeager, plus 100. Our best bet hit Mito Pereira over Christian Buzidenheit plus 100. Patrick Rogers, top 20, plus 180. Nice job there, Doc. Patrick Flavin, top 20, plus 400. Big winner there. And uh, honestly, a pretty good overall week for us. Having said that, let's get into the Worldwide Technology Championship at Mayakoba. These names just keep getting longer. This week, we're heading across the border to Mexico. It's just outside Cancun at the Mayakoba Resort. We do have a star-studded field this week featuring Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, and defending champion Victor Hovland. This is actually the strongest field in tournament history with seven of the top 20 players in the world playing. We also have 11 former Ryder Cup players and 12 major champions teeing it up. Getting into the golf course this week, we're playing El Camaleon. It's a par 71, just over 7,000 yards, and it's designed by Greg Norman. Uh, It is a resort course, but this course... But you are going to have to hit fairways and greens this week. There is a lot of trouble out there. Fairway percentage has been a common factor between a lot of the winners. When you look at Victor Hovland winning last year, Brendan Todd the year before, and the infamous Matt Kuchar victory when he won. Uh, He left his caddy, as you remember, El Toucan hanging. He did not tip him uh, after winning the golf tournament. That was a big story that went on for a couple months after that. Like we said, all those winners do find the fairway at a high rate. In terms of the grass this week, it is a pass palum. We don't actually have too much data on how players uh, fare on this surface just because of the fact that they played it, play it so seldomly. I believe they have this uh, same surface at the Puerto Rico Open and stuff like that. But the one thing I've read is the grass is a little squirrely, so it does help kind of the worst putters in the field. Normally it kind of serves as a bit of an equalizer between the bad putters and kind of the better putters. It is going to be a shootout this week. In the last five years, the average winning score is over 20 under par. And one of the stats we'll definitely look at pertaining to that is birdie average. Last year's results, Victor Hovland, obviously the champion. Aaron Wise finished one shot back. Tied third was Adam Long and Tom Hoagie. And other guys in the top five were Harris English, Billy Horschel, and Lucas Glover. Without further ado, let's get into those favorites, starting with Justin Thomas at 11-1. JT has only played one event this season. It was the CJ Cup. In that event, he actually led the field in birdies en route to a top 20. 
Uh, in his last 50 rounds relative to the field, he's first tee to green, first approach, and 94th in putting. He has top 30s in seven of his last eight events, highlighted by top fives at the Northern Trust and the Tour Championship. He was actually ninth in birdie average last PGA Tour season, and he did finish tied 12th at the 2020 Mayakoba. Uh, you know, the one thing that jumps out with JT is he just hasn't really been lifting too many trophies as of late. His last win coming at the Players' Championship in March. At 11-1, to 1, I am staying away from JT. Yes, I do love his ball striking, how he's been playing, but 11-1, to 1, I just don't see enough value there. Moving into our next guy, we have Abraham Answer at 16 to 1. The hometown kid will certainly have the crowd behind him this week. But I was actually looking at his PJ Tour bio, and it says he's from McAllen, Texas. I did a little research. I supposedly that's you know right on the border. He used to uh, live in Texas, go to school in Mexico, so he should have uh, no issues. He's got the dual citizenship working. Either way, he's got the Mexican flag on the back. He owns a tequila company, so he certainly passes the eye test as a native Mexican. But on a serious note, Abraham jumps out as one of those guys that is just extremely solid across the board. In 2021, he was top 30 in strokes gained off the tee, strokes gained approach, and strokes gained putting. And dating back to last season, he's had three top 10s in his last six starts. One of the reasons he's done well here in the past and the reason he fits his course so well is he's just really one of the most accurate drivers on tour. So far this season, he has played two events, resulting in a missed cut at the Shriners and a tied 14th at the CJ Cup. Uncharacteristically, he's been really struggling with the irons. He's 183rd in strokes gained approach. But honestly, this week, I expect him to get back to his normal self. Uh, he, remember, last year he was top 30 in uh, strokes gained approach. So we should see the irons come back this week on a familiar golf course, playing at home. He is the sixth best, best putter in the field. He has two top 25s and two top 10s here in his seven starts and a scoring average of 67.75 here at this course. Abraham will certainly be a horse that a lot of people are on this week. And for good reason, with the recent form, with his statistics, and with his past performance here, he is tough to pass up at 16-1. So I am on Abraham. Moving into our next guy, it is the defending champion, Victor Hovland, at 16-1. He won last year, shooting a final round 65 en route to a one-shot victory. You know, this is one of those courses where, like we talked about, it is going to be a shootout. Even if you are... You know, you have a two-shot lead going into the final round. You're going to need something mid-60s just to fend off the guys chasing. And that's what Hovland was able to do last year with a final round 65. Now, through two events this season, Hovland is 7th off the tee, 41st approach, and 37th in putting, resulting in a tied 44th and a tied 18th in both the Vegas events. And he is hitting over 70% of the fairways coming in this week. He has top 45s in his last seven starts. And last season, he was 6th in birdie average. Remember, that's one of the stats we're really looking at. Relative to the field, he's 8th off the tee and 5th approach. And, you know, I do think his number is a little juice this week at 16-1. to 1. I don't think necessarily he's going to go back-to-back here. He does have two PJ Tour victories on his, under his belt. But against this strong of a field, I think it's going to be tough over a, you know, a two-year span to pretty much beat uh, 300 golfers over eight days. So... I don't think he's going to be able to go back-to-back this week. That's why I'm staying away. Um, and I just think he's a little overpriced just based on uh, you know how he did here last year. Moving into our next guy, Tony Finau at 20-1. to 1. 
Tony's last start was a CJ Cup where he finished tied 45th. Last season, he was 36 off the tee, 28th approach, and 91st in putting. Uh, he did have a win four starts ago at the Northern Trust. Just like Abraham Answer finally got the monkey off his back. And really, he has become one of the most consistent players on tour. He's made 23 of his last 28 cuts, including eight top 10s. Now, even though he broke through with a win at the Northern Trust a couple weeks ago, he hasn't really proven he can win consistently. Uh, in terms of his course history here, he does have two top 10s and a tied 16th in the five times he's played here. But just another guy, don't really love the number. For a guy like Tony, I'd rather wait for another win drought. Let's see if we can get him in that 30 to 40 to 1 range versus taking him here as a, a 20 to 1 winner. But moving into our next guy, Brooks Kepka, 25 to 1. He had a 67th at the Shriners and a 38th place finish at the CJ Cup. He is a 170th with the Irons right now and 152nd with the putter so far this season. In 2021, he was 7th off the tee and 25th approach. So really goes to show not exactly the start Brooks was looking for, for so far this season. Now looking back to last season, when Brooks makes the cut, he finishes in the top 10 57% of the time. So he is one of those guys that if he gets off to a good start, he's engaged, he plays well. If he has a bad first round, he kind of checks out. Now, having said that, if you do like Brooks this week, you know, I don't mind him maybe in a top 10, but if you're kind of fading him, I don't mind him at plus 210 to miss the cut. He's kind of an all or nothing type guy. So having said all that, with how Brooks has been playing this year, I don't see really the value in taking him at 25 to 1 to win, especially if he gets off to a bad start. He's <laughs> certainly uh, not a guy you want to have money on. Moving into our next guy, it is Scotty Scheffler at 25 to 1. He did have a tied 18th in his last start here. And, you know, realistically, he's one of the best players on tour without a PGA Tour win. And he really is a consistent player. He only missed two cuts in his last 26 events. Um, just going to show how good a player he is. He destroyed John Rahm in the Ryder Cup singles, really showing off how complete of a player he is. And in terms of recent form, he's coming off a tied 38th at the CJ Cup and a miscut at the Shriners. So far this season, Scotty has been anything but himself off the tee. He's 210th in driving, barely hitting over 50% of the fairways compared to last year where he was 17th off the tee, picking up almost a half a shot on the field per round. Um, after a long break, you would assume Scotty would be able to get that swing back on track. One stat we love coming to this week is birdie average. Scotty was 7th, averaging 4.39 birdies per round. Now, in terms of Scotty, haven't really seen too much we like out of him this year. And Although he hasn't won on the PGA Tour, he's being priced like he has. So another guy, I'm just not really loving that many guys in this 20 to 30 uh, range. You know, recapping here, I do like Abraham Answer if of among all the favorites. But getting into our next guy, Cameron Tringali, 28 to 1. I'm normally not a big Tringali fan, but he's been playing great so far this season. He has a 22nd place finish at the Fortinet. 11th place finish at the Sanderson and just came in with a tied second at the Zozo Championship two weeks ago. Now, one of the things Doc and I talked about is his MO is he cleans up in those weaker field events. Uh, that's exactly what he did at the Zozo. I believe there were only 70 or 80 players playing and he was able to, you know, almost win there 
you know, finishing in a, t- in a, in second place, five shots back of Hideki, you know, almost is a vague term, I guess. Uh, relative to the field, he's 110th off the tee out of 132 players. So that's one stat, one glaring stat I absolutely hate uh, coming into this week at a tight golf course here at Mayakoba. And then another thing is just how he's really struggled in events with elite fields. And that is exactly what we have this week. So Cameron Tringali at 28 to 1, no thank you. Now I'm going to go over these next three guys. I kind of have them all grouped together. These are my guys this week. Um, my The 8th through 10th uh, favorites here. I'm going to start off with Aaron Wise at 30 to 1. Just like Cameron Tringali, Aaron has been balling so far this year. He finished solo second here last last year at 19 under par so he does have some great course history and he has another top 10 here now in this short season Aaron's eighth tee to green he is normally a very good ball striker and one thing that certainly holds him back is his putting he seems to have figured it out over the last couple weeks picking up shots on the green in four of his last six events that has resulted in five tw- top 25s in his last five starts. He's coming off a tied eighth at the Shriners and a tied fifth at the CJ Cup. I look for Aaron to have a really good week this week. Uh, just given his course history, his recent form, he's finally making a couple putts. So I do love Aaron Wise this week at 30-1. to one. Our next guy, Billy Horschel, 30-1. to one. He's making his PGA Tour season debut. Last season, he won the WGC match play in Austin. Meanwhile, in his last two starts on the European Tour, he has been a little bit under the radar. He's been across the pond. He has a win at the BMW PGA, which is you know pretty much the European Tour version of the Players' Championship, and also a tied 36 at the Alfred Dunhill. Now, another guy I love the course history. His last three starts here at the Mayakoba are a tied 21st, a tied 8th, and a tied 5th. Another guy I like this week at 30-1, to 1, Billy Horschel. Now, for our next guy, Tyrrell Hatton at 30-1. to 1. He's coming off a tied 18th in the CJ Cup and a tied 2nd at the Alfred Dunhill Championship. The course setup should be great for Tyrrell, who is 33rd off the tee and 7th approach relative to the field in his last 50 rounds. You know, one nickname we kind of came up with over the last couple years is Tyrrell is Mr. October or Mr. November, whatever you want to call him. Five of his six wins have come during those two calendar months. So, you know, last year he was 29th off the tee and 13th approach. And we loved those stats pairing up nicely with El Camaleon. So I think it's going to be a birdie fest this week. And I just absolutely love the stats and how they compare. So among those favorites, don't be afraid to sprinkle a little bit on guys like Abraham Answer, Aaron Wise, Billy Horschel, and Tyrrell Hatton. Do a little price shopping because I have seen some value uh, across some of these books. So moving on from favorites, let's get into those head-to-heads. Now, last week for Bermuda, we saw the difficult weather and the tough conditions, and we we pointed out the ball strikers in the head-to-heads. We're going to do a similar thing this week just because of the fact that there's so much trouble lurking out at Mayakoba this week. So I'm going to try to lean towards the accurate drivers of the golf balls and the solid iron players versus some of the weaker ball strikers in the field. With our first head-to-head, we're going to take Sergio Garcia over Ian Poulter, minus 125. In his last 50 rounds, Sergio is third strokes gained, tee to green. He's fourth off the tee compared to Poulter, who's 87th off the tee. Sergio is 17th approach compared to Poulter's 75th approach. Now, the only stat that Poulter 
uh, really jumps out as in terms of being better at Sergio is, as you can, uh, you know, assume is just the putter. Uh, but with these funky past Palom greens, I'm not too worried about that. So I'm taking Sergio all day long over Ian Poulter minus 125. For our next head-to-head, it is Gary Woodland over Pat Perez. Gary has seemed to found his game as late as he's six off the tee so far this season. He's 38th off the tee and 32nd approach relative to the field in his last 50 rounds. He's also coming off a top 10 at the CJ Cup. Now Perez, on the other hand, is 93rd off the tee and is coming off a tied 44th out of 80 players at the Zozo, a miscut at the Fortinet Championship, and realistically, back-to-back miscuts when you think about Zozo obviously not having a cut with that limited field. He also had a withdrawal in Vegas, so not exactly the results you want coming into this tournament. In terms of how Woodland has done here, he finished second here in 2017 and has two other top 40s since then. Now, the one thing that does jump out here is Pat Perez is a past champion here and does have some other top 10s. But with how poor he's been driving it, he's averaging under 290 yards off the tee, barely hitting 50% of the fairways. So I just love Gary in this matchup, uh, ball striker versus a guy who's really been struggling as of late. And for my last head-to-head, I'm going to take Brendan Todd over Joel Damon, minus 115. I'm getting the most accurate driver of the golf ball on tour at almost even money here. Todd finished tied 8th here last year and won the year before. Absolutely loves Mayakoba. Now, Todd statistically doesn't really compare to Joel Damon as a ball striker, but that's mostly because of how short Brendan Todd hits it. But like we talked about, Brendan Todd led the PGA Tour last year in fairway percentage at over 75%, and Todd is the 14th best putter in the field versus Damon, who's 107th. So recapping those head-to-heads, I have Sergio Garcia over Ian Poulter, minus 125, Gary Woodland over Pat Perez, minus 110, and Brendan Todd over Joel Damon, minus 115. Now moving into our picks to place, I will start off with Russell Henley, top 20, plus 180. He is 58th off the tee in second approach relative to the field. That's resulting in 10th overall tee to green this week. He's coming off back-to-back top 25s in Vegas. Now, the little cause for concern here is he has missed the cut in his last two starts at Mayakoba. I think that serves us well here, juicing the number a little bit. And just in regards to this golf course, being it, it's not necessarily one of the tougher courses. We talked about it, it is you do have to go low here. But with all the trouble that lurks off the tee, you are going to miss the cut if you're not hitting it well. And one thing Russell Henley is doing right now is hitting it fantastic. So that's an, you know one of the reasons I do like him this week. Fun fact is Victor Hovland missed the cut in his first two starts at Mayakoba before winning the year before going to show, you know, it's not necessarily all about course fit. You could have just played badly and uh, not made the cut here. So I do like Russell Henley here, top 20 plus 180 for my first pick to place. My next one is Jonathan Vegas, top 20 plus 230. Vegas is fourth best in the field, strokes gain, tee to green. He's sixth off the tee and 12th approach. Now, before a rough Zozo championship, he did play well at the CJ Cup, finishing tied for 14th. And another thing, just going to course history, he has had multiple top 20s on this golf course. Uh, I do love the course fit this week for Vegas' elite ball striking. One thing we know is 
He's always kind of struggled with the putter being outside top 100 over the last couple years. But, you know, this surface pass Palom has served as a bit of an equalizer. So I think Johnny Vegas, even if he doesn't putt great, is more than capable of a top 20 at plus 230. So for my two picks to place this week, it's Russell Henley, top 20 plus 180, and Jonathan Vegas, top 20 plus 230. Moving into our Mayakoba Dark Horse, you know, none of the really long numbers jumped out to me too much. So we're going to go with first round leader Matthew Wolf at 40 to 1. As we know, no one has more firepower than Matthew Wolf. He's actually leading the tour in driving distance this year at 336 yards per drive. That's just because Bryson hasn't started his season yet, maybe. Uh, but, anyways, the only thing that kind of worries me about Matthew Wolf is the driving accuracy. And that causes me to kind of shy away from him in a, you know, four round winner kind of situation. But for one round, he's more than capable of, uh, of going low. You know, he just needs one accurate day with the driver and he definitely could be, you know, leading. I, there's no reason he can't throw up a 63 or 64 in the first round. So far this season, he's 29th in strokes gained approach and 18th in strokes gained putting this season, pairing that with averaging almost 340 yards off the tee. I love Matthew Wolf for first round leader at 42-1. Moving right into my Mayakoba picks to win. It's not always about the players. Sometimes it's just about the price. And I did that for all of these guys this week. My first one is Mito Pereira at 60-1. to And if you just compare that to last week, Mito was 16-1 to to win the Bermuda. In terms of just looking at the price, I've seen him price in... 45 to 1 in some areas. I saw him 60 to 1 on DraftKings, so hop on that while you can. So far this season, he's 16th off the tee and second approach. Absolutely should be uh, match up nicely with this golf course. He's priced in the same area as guys like Charlie Hoffman, Justin Rose, and guys who have shown really no form as of late. So you have a guy like Mito who's been playing really well all year. Yes, we have a stronger field than last week at Bermuda, but Shouldn't be too many issues with conditions. Sets up so beautifully with this golf course. I love Mito at 60 to 1. Now moving into our next guys, and these are mostly about price, and I mentioned them earlier. I've seen these guys priced anywhere from 20 to 1 to 22 to 1, but I found them on DraftKings at 30 to 1. Billy Horschel for my first pick. He's an extremely solid player. Course history-wise, he has a tied 21st, a tied 8th, and a tied 5th here in his last three starts. Coming off a win two starts ago at the BMW PGA, absolutely love Billy Horschel at 30-1. to 1. And for my next guy, it's Tyrrell Hatton at 30-1. to 1. Mr. November, his stats pair up really nicely here. Should be a birdie fest this week. He did have a nice tournament at the CJ Cup, which was a similar tournament, you know, 25 under being the winning score there. 33rd off the tee, 7th approach, coming off a tied second in his last start on the European Tour. Love Tyrrell this week at 30-1. to 1. So recapping those picks to win, I have Mito Pereira 60-1, to 1, Billy Horschel 30-1, to 1, and Tyrrell Hatton at 30-1. to 1. Now getting into my DraftKings lineup, I was able to squeeze out a victory over Will last week. But for this week, I haven't seen his lineup yet. We will get it. But for mine, we are doing Abraham Answer, Tyrrell Hatton, the Mexican native Carlos Ortiz, Adam Shank, Henrik Stenson, who has been playing really well as of late, and then a ball striker I like at a pretty nice number, Luke List. Last but not least, leading to our best bet, we are continuing the Mito movement. Mito Pereira, top 20, plus 230. 
He's made the cut in his first four starts on tour this year, highlighted by a third-place finish at the Fortinet Championship. He's 11th off the tee and 18th approach relative to the field in his last 50 rounds. I love the course fit here. I love the number. I had Mito to top 10 last week, like we talked about. Bermuda just got some you know, terrible weather conditions, so we'll blame it on that. But this is my absolute favorite bet of the week. Mito won't even have to putt that well to cash this. So Mito Pereira, top 20, plus 230. Lock it in. Guys, thanks for joining us. We look forward to a great week at the Mayakoba Classic. This is hopefully my first and last solo podcast without Will Doctor. We look forward to having him back next week, but uh, let's go win some bets, boys. (laughs) 